What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have Mike Kaplan is with me. I'm Mike Kaplan with you. And it's an honor to have you on. When I did, it was one of my, I don't want to say it's one of my first shows, but it was the first year I started comedy. Alex Carbonio and I started a, a V-Spot comedy show, and you were our first headliner. We were geeking out to have you. Oh, I'm geeking out to be me. <laughs> I uh, think it was the you. first one. It was the Hurricane. Did you come on the Hurricane I show? Don't, I don't specifically remember. I did so many. For a while, I would just come to all of them, I think. So I, I think yeah. when they started doing shows, I was involved a lot, and so it makes sense that I would have been there for the first one. I, I like that. Like You're like, what a momentous part of my career. <laughs> and I'm like, I think. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what's what? your name again? What? Drop it <laughs> I mean, I will. There was certainly a time when you were just to me like a nice person who did comedy. I'm yeah. like, oh, there's that friendly face, like which is nice. I'm like, hey, friendly face. Yeah. That's what yeah. I feel like. I don't know if I'm gonna start calling people, hey, friendly face. Yeah. Like, a random blurred face whose name I don't remember. And now I can remember your last name ends with two Fs. Correct. Yeah. Oh my god. Stands for friendly face. I'll tell you, some of my ex-boyfriends don't know I have two Fs in my last name. And so that's, that's why they're ex-boyfriends. Well, that and because they cheated and threatened to kill me. Fair enough. But there's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that. Yeah. And that. They're not your... You're, you're going to be my BFF. Friendly face. Best friendly face. <laughs> that's Is that what I am to you now? Your best friendly face? Now now you're Kate Wolf. I uh, understand who you are. As, I mean, but also, what do names and words and letters even mean? We're we're getting into deeper... Th- do, you, do you ever talk about deeper things? Never. Th- than surface Never. level? Yeah, I'm only surface Big level. I want to talk about the Kardashians <laughs> and making that money. But only here's the thing is, Kardashians also have inner workings, but we only want to talk about the external features of those Kardashians. You know what? I actually, I've seen some of their shows. Fair and enough. You're um, allowed to. And and there are parts that I really actually enjoy because obviously their their humanism comes out and I just find it fascinating how you can have all that money, obviously, and still just be a person who can't run from your feelings. But how much money do you need to be able to escape your feelings? What do you think? A, I don't think it's possible. I think there's got. It. But what if you were? What if you had all the money and the presidency? What if you did that? Is that could you escape them? Then it doesn't look like he's escaping them. It looks like they're attacking <sighs> him. You can just see in his face, right? Like I feel like I can look at him and just feel all of those feelings just bubbling in him that want to come out. I mean, I here, don't think he looks happy. Here's a thing I that. Honestly, I'd never thought about applying this to this because I, I did just – here's a thing that I've been thinking about since uh, one week ago when I finished a book. Uh, <laughs> I read an, uh, an illustrated – there's an, a famous like Asian illustrator, a cartoonist who has like had bestsellers on you know tons of – his work is like converting old texts, like philosophical things. Like it was the, the Tao Te Ching. Or Tao Te Ching. I'm not. I'm not saying it correctly. Whatever. It Pronounce is. it correctly. <laughs> it's spelled sometimes with a J and sometimes with a CH. And they they talked about whether it's a D or a T, and it's both. But uh, so the Tao Te Ching uh, was he is a book that he made. You know, it's like from Taoism, uh, like their main text written by Lao Tzu or Lao Tzu, depending uh, on how, how it's written, how it's pronounced. And so in in this book, there was something that talked about. So it was an illustrated version of it. It was really cool. Uh, it was called maybe like the Tao speaks is I think maybe what it was called in this version. And one thing is it talks about how, uh, if you're smart or if you're wise, like they're like, it's wise to appear foolish. Like if people are like, I'm smart, I'm going to let you know that I'm smart, smart, smart. And here I am. I'm like, well, I read this book. Okay guys. So, uh, so I mean, uh, I don't even know what the book means. It doesn't matter. So, so I'm stupid. better than you, but I mean, there's some ways that in comedy, this sort of comes out like, you know, some of the greatest comedians are like, I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, like you're the people like Doug Stanhope's and yeah. Louis and Bill Burr's and and such and or presenting as I mean, like like Confucius, I believe, was one of the people or Socrates. I don't even know which one who is like, you know, I, I, know, I don't know what I there's so many things that I don't know. I know that I do not know. There's so many things that I know uh, yeah. about what I don't know that that's most of what I know is what I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if that's right. Probably not. But. <laughs> Uh, essentially that these guys are basically doing that or John Stewart when he was doing the Daily Show he's like I'm just a comedian I don't know you know I'm yeah. just a guy doing a thing and so that is that is actually uh, demonstrate I just knocked a T everything's fine <laughs> it's still it just knocked it slightly farther you bumped it yep. you didn't knock it over uh, and 
it's basically, that is exhibiting wisdom, you know, rather than saying like, I know everything. And so here's the thing, obviously, uh, as we record this, the president uh, says things like, I do know everything. I have all the money. I have all the stuff I have. Yeah. And so that's basically by, by Taoist guidelines, I would say exhibiting not wisdom, but yeah. I'm like, what if he's like one further? He's like, okay, now I'm going to trick people even more. Cause once, if everybody knows the rules that you, whatever you say, it's the opposite. He's like, I'm going to double back. So maybe he is the shrewdest wise person that's ever been. And so the act, the looks that you see on his face that de demonstrate to you that he is actually fearful and insecure and running and in pain all the time. And he's doing everything he can to try and fill the hole that is his existence. He's actually like, that's what I want people to think. <laughs> I'm really happy. Now I've thought about that before. <laughs> I've thought, and then you know what it really came down to for me? which is going to be linked to what you just said, please, is that we're animals. That's correct. And we have these senses that we forget about. And I've been saying, talking about smelling a lot. Like I can smell. When I got in here today, one of the first things <laughs> I said to you was that your hair smelled nice. Thank you. We're friends. <laughs> well, I don't even mean that kind of smell, nope, but yes, it but that too. Great. Thank you. I shower today, <laughs> I <get> everybody. It. <laughs> it's a special day. But yes, you're talking like uh, subconscious pheromones, like just connection. Smell, to people. Yeah. yeah. Like, like smelling it out. Like you're an animal. Like when a, when a dog meets someone that they can just tell isn't a good person, they start to growl. And when I see that man, my pussy hisses. It's like, <laughs> it's like on a deep level. It's just like my body goes, no, like this man could date rape you kind of a no. And I think those are the places that, yeah, we want to know all the answers. We want to have knowledge in the mind, but <laughs> we, it comes down to listening to your body. We should also listen to that man's mouth when he said that he did date rape people. That's true. Yeah. 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 I think you don't even need me to sense it. He's saying that. Confirms. Yeah. Like, uh, seconded. Okay. We've got a nomination and yes, uh, definitely. It seems likely. Yeah. My vagina stamped. Yes. It approved <laughs> that that's correct. But what I also love what you're saying. So I am in a spiritual school and it's a school of mystery because they talk about Ooh, the don't, great don't mystery. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's the point is like not knowing the answer. Like that's what they talk about is like one of the first weekends, one of the exercises was any question that someone asked you say, I don't know. Even if you're sure you know, <laughs> like where's the bathroom? Test out being like, I don't know. Because the truth is, is we think we have answers to things that we really most of the time don't. That's great. I love that. And also sort of tying together a couple of these things, which maybe it's not even tying together to. I wrote, a, I wrote a joke once when I had a thought on stage. I was like, wow, so many of my ideas are connecting to each other. Am I a genius or am I writing the same joke over and over again? But so I don't know if this is like <laughs> the same thing or two connected things. But do you know Micah Sherman, my, my, one of my best friends? Uh, no. He, he, he doesn't do stand up anymore, but he does improv and acting. And we've written uh, music uh, and done musical comedy together. And one of and he does so much he's like done improv for decades and he's so good at it and part of it is because like doing improv is also like living like living is improv like right now this is improvised like this is not a script we this is almost the story I'm about to go into like could be scripted but it's because it's a story that I know and I've shared with people but it's basically just about and I'm like I'll freeform it I'll do it I'll do it try to do it different than I ever have I've never started it like this before but Micah the thing one of the things that's wonderful about him is and one of the reasons that he's good at improv and good as a human being and this is how he demonstrates being uh, wise to me is that he'll ask all the time when he doesn't know things like even if it's a thing that people are like so you, you know that thing like where you'd be like of course everybody knows that thing and he's like I actually don't know that thing like whereas a lot of people who might not know it if they they just be like I'll figure it out from context I'm sure it'll come I'll pick it up later you know like I didn't pay yeah. attention like because we all can't pay attention to everything you can't follow all the news see all the movies even the ones that you're supposed to see like there's just so much life so much history so much culture so much everything that you you literally of course we can only get the thinnest fraction of anything and so there's going to be gaps. And so while some people would be like, I fear being seen as a flawed person, as in indicated by my not knowing whatever this thing is that quote unquote, everybody else knows. Mike is like, I don't know that thing. That's very much simpler. And then, and after that, then, you know, it, you don't know you're, you're yeah. ending the weak version of yourself that didn't even exist because it's, you're the strong version that does another thing from the Taoist book that I learned is like how nothingness can be more powerful than something like think about a mug that tea is in. If this mug was all something, Thing, if it was all solid, it couldn't contain tea. It's the nothingness part of it that allows it to have the function of being filled. Emptiness is Beautiful. required for being filled, like in a cup or in a human being, in a life, whatever it is. And so 
one time I was talking with uh, the other characters in this story that is almost over. Uh, Zach Sherwin, another wonderful friend and comedian. Josh Gondelman as well. We all started out in Boston. Josh, me, Micah, and Zach. And so we were, a couple of us were talking about Micah and how, wow, isn't it great? We, should, we all should aspire to be like Micah in this way. What a, great, what a great guy that is. What a great thing to be. Inspirational. And so then the next day I was on the phone with Zach and I was like, man, that Micah thing, right? Oh God, we, should, we gotta be like him. And Zach was like, Mike, I actually don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, uh, very funny, Zach. I see you're doing it. You're doing it right now, saying you don't understand. He's like, I appreciate that you're saying I'm funny, but I literally don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I was talking about it with only Josh, not Zach the other day. (laughs) So he exhibited it even without knowing that he was. I'm like, you're so wise. I don't even have to tell you. I wish I never told him, but... (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, like even the universe conspired to have that happen there. It was wonderful. And prove the point. Yes. No, but I mean, what you're saying is so true and beautifully put because you even brought it to the next layer of comparing it to the cup of (laughs) emptiness is not a bad thing, but we're so scared of it. And we're scared of looking stupid in those cases, right? We're like, oh my gosh, I just need to go along and pretend that I know what they're talking about or I'm going to look stupid. And I've done that so many times where someone tells a joke and you start laughing even though you're like, I have no fucking idea what that meant. And it's like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Eight Mile uh, or are familiar yeah, with years ago. Eminem. But I mean, like, <laughs> who? Like the thing that people might be afraid of looking foolish, you know, people making fun of you. Like, you can completely, like, step, like, sidestep it by, like, I, hey guys, I almost said step side instead of sidestep. I made a mistake. I'm a human being. I'm flawed like all of us. We all make yeah. mistakes. We, we all forget things. We all forget names. We all don't know a thing. Even if we did know, we can forget. Like, there's so many. And so in that, obviously, like, the big, like, the power that Eminem has, in addition to being the best, is, like, attacking himself of being, like, here's what's bad and wrong and dumb and, like, out of place about me. Like, and that takes away all the potential weapons. So if somebody's, like, Ha, you're stupid. You're like, I'm stupid. You're right. Like, now what? You know, like if you're lying on the ground, you can't fall down. I love that. It's so funny you brought up Eminem because he's been someone I've been, I've always loved him, but he's been coming in more like in the last six months. I started rapping, by the way. Wonderful. (laughs) So that's probably part of it. But I've been listening a lot to his music. And that's exactly what I love about him is he shares so much that you really he takes away your ammunition where he's like, yeah, I'm claiming it. I'm saying who I am. Like, what are you going to fucking say to someone who's already airing out who they are? Yeah. He's my, I mean, of, I, you know, I don't like to say I have, he's one of my favorites, like rappers, artists, yeah. like, you know, every belief that he has, who knows every, but his art is like so yeah. powerful, so beautiful, so true. I love the song. If you haven't listened to Legacy, like that's one, of, it's on the Marshall Mathers LP two. It's I'll just check it a out. beautiful, here's a, uh, can I tell you a thing about Zach? Zach Sherwin is also a rapper who loves Eminem and he wrote a song about how good Eminem is. Really? That itself is to me as good as some of Eminem's songs. Like the, the thing I'd love about, to hear it. I'll, I can do a couple lines of it if you want. Yes, please. I actually, he hasn't done it in a long time and I was hanging out with him. He lives in LA. Uh, I was there over the weekend and uh, I was telling him that I was on another podcast and it came up because I'm like, you know, sometimes just things start going through cycles and we're like, oh, I like thinking about that. So I'll keep thinking about it. And it's uh, a cool thing. And so like I, while this other uh, podcast host, like beatboxed, I did uh, as much of the song as I could get to without screwing it up, which I know it all. And so that I told Zach wow. that I did that. And then I did it uh, for another friend in front of him. And he was like, he, I knew it better than he does right now because Holy he hadn't shit. done it in several years and I do it every once in a while. So the concept is, so in Legacy, the song on this album, this whole album is uh, impressive and like different in ways like... Here's, do you know, I'm, I'm, I imagine you've heard of the, the phrase, but if you haven't, tell me you haven't, uh, chop wood, carry water. No. Uh, okay. It's a, a Zen koan, or I'm not sure if it's exactly a koan. I don't know, but it's like a very short Zen story or a Zen lesson of, uh, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. And so like, for example, like a guy I heard once when I went on, uh, a, a sort of a, a, an, absence from work. He was working this job that he hated in a cubicle for 11 years, or maybe he left for 11 years. And then after 11 years of just traveling the world, he's like, ah, good. No, don't want that job anymore. Uh, but he, he, then he lived and he experienced, he's like, ah, the world. And then he got back to the town where he was. And somebody was like, Hey, you, you know, your old job's available. And he's like, Oh, cool. And he took it and he loved it. And he's now he's doing the exact same thing he was doing before, but now with this gained, you know, insight and experience of living and being like, Oh, it's fine to keep doing, or like when you start doing comedy, you're like, uh, how do I do comedy? Like, just do it. You just do it. You just keep, you yeah. do, write and perform, write and perform. You're like, I, okay, I guess. And then after like five, 10 years, you're like, oh, I know how to do it. 
right? And perform. You're like, you gain insight and then you do the thing that you were doing all along. And so some people look at Eminem and see like, this is the Marshall Mathers LP2. And I saw like a review of it that was like, he's doing the same thing as before. And I'm like, you guys don't see what he's doing. He is, but he's doing it with even more awareness. And because there's a song on it, like, he used to just be like mad at his mom for stuff. Yeah. There's a song on here where he's like apologizing to his mom for being mad. He's like, here's how I was and here's how I am. And yeah. it's just, he is everything that he ever was and more. And in this song, Legacy, which is about the first verse, he's a kid. The second verse, and he's like, his, his life is horrible. The second verse, he discovers that he loves rap and can be and can do it. And the, the final verse is, he's the best at rap in the world. And the whole song demonstrates that progression yeah. through one rhyme scheme. The whole time, it's just one rhyme wow. over and over for three verses. And it's amazing. And so Zach wrote a song about how good he is at rhyming because he's like, he's not only rhyming things that don't rhyme that do, that do rhyme he's rhyming things that don't rhyme yeah uh like he has a rhyme on one of the songs like that's like screwdrivers and lose my shit and toolboxes i'm like those words don't rhyme but he's like lose my shit screwdrivers yeah toolboxes like and he's like he's making things rhyme that don't like and so he zach compares it to there's a a company that made twinkie burgers recently it's like a flash fried flattened twinkie as bun and then burger bacon and cheese on it. And they're like, that doesn't sound like it should go together at all, but somehow it, it, they force it to work and people <laughs> loved it the same way that Eminem is creating these lyrical Twinkie Burgers. And so Zach's song, Twinkie Burger, I think is the name, every rhyme rhymes with Twinkie Burger. Really? Yeah, so I'll do a couple. Yeah, I'll, let me hear, let I'll me hear. Uh, let me kick a rhyme like a Twinkie Burger. And he does it actually sounding a lot more like Eminem. Is like, let me <laughs> kick a rhyme like a Twinkie Burger. By the time I'm done, you're gonna think he's berserk. Lyrically, it's like sponge cake buns, applewood bacon, beef patties, and cheese were merged. I'm cooking this up, but I'm out of my tree. Opposite of how the freaking Keeblers work. But I am no elfin creature stirring these ingredients. Wow. Yeah. That's so impressive. And, and, First of all, it, this is an obvious thing, and I've said this before recently on the podcast, whereas I'm seeing what a poet Eminem is. Oh, God. And how he takes it to this level that you're even talking about, not just with his awareness. Like, he's just real. You can tell he's really riding the waves of yeah. consciousness. But then he's also really playing lyrically with these words, like you said, that do and don't rhyme. And yeah. he just keeps pushing himself. And that's what art is, no matter what your medium is. It's finding a way to push it and, and quote unquote, get weirder, you know, and not do the typical shit that everyone else is doing. He is, I mean, if you looked at just the lyrics and didn't even know they rhymed, if they were written on a page, they would be like a beautiful story. You know, it would be like an honest thing. And like one time I read a thing, like a card at like some just, you know, gift store or something. And I was like, what a neat message that is. And then it only like moments later, I was like, oh, it also rhymes. Like I didn't even realize that it was, a, I was like, I thought that was a nice thing. Uh, but it had like rhythm and rhyme. And it was like, and that's sort of like the bet, like secret poetry, you know, like what that was. I have a, a a dream, a fake, a kind of a you know a funny dream that I talk about on stage sometimes. But my dream is that like I'll be like because I also sometimes freestyle rap and you know love hip hop and the my goal uh, uh, someday a secret goal there's no way for me to try to do is to be have somebody tell me after I talk for a while be like how how did you make that all rhyme and I was like I didn't even know that I was rhyming <laughs> like just to yeah have, and it ha it almost happened it happened the closest I ever came was I was doing mushrooms with uh, a girlfriend at the time and I was like walking around her telling her a story uh and I, at <laughs> that the, sounds I, amazing <laughs> I was like telling her this story about uh there I was like there's a uh, was there's a physicist named Niels Bohr. Have you ever told this story before? He had a horseshoe over his door, and then Einstein came, knocked on the door, and was like, hey, Bohr, I've never seen this horseshoe before. Why do you have this horseshoe for? And she's like, are you doing this on purpose? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and you really didn't. You I, were just... Yeah, I was not trying. I was really legitimately just Isn't trying so to tell weird her the story. <laughs> it's so weird, though, when we start to get into, the, into this flow state where we're almost channeling, mm -hmm. that it starts to rhyme, whether the words exactly rhyme oh, yeah. or... The, but it's crazy. It makes me be like, who the f like, who's running this whole thing? <laughs> you know, like the, yeah. some crazy fucking, you know, poet rapper. Because the moment we start to just go into that flow, we start rhyming almost. It's 
it is fun. It's pretty bonkers. The end of that story is uh, Einstein's like uh, this one. This part won't rhyme anymore. But uh, <laughs> oh, it still did anymore. Um, so I'm going to be <laughs> expecting you to rhyme the rest of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> I, I would just vomit. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, <laughs> the pressure. I mean, it would be fun to try. That's the thing about the, the reason that I, I can freestyle rap is that I uh, know that I don't have to, you know, yeah. like because and I don't have to be good at it. Like, that's the thing to get good at. Pressure. Anything. Just you get. Yeah. You have to take you just have to let yourself have fun. So the point <laughs> being, uh, Einstein was like, Niels Bohr, you're a, you're a physicist, you're a scientist. Why do you have this horseshoe over your door? Does, do you think it's lucky? And Niels Bohr says like, oh, I don't think it is. But of course, of course, I'm a scientist like you. I don't think it's lucky. But I hear that it works even if you don't believe it. <laughs> That's so, amazing. I love that. Um, like, I, I hate when I, I do, I don't, I don't want to say use the word hate because that's I, more about me than anything else. I love you. But- I do have reactions when people are like, oh, well, I believe in science as if that isn't integrated within the magic that also exists. Like, <laughs> I'm like, aren't we all realizing that it's intertwined? Like, you don't have to pick one or the other. Here's a, a thing that I was just thinking on the way here because I have I was listening back to a set and I thought of a new like piece for a joke. And the joke is the the idea is about a real life thing also about like when some people believe that if you see a penny on the ground, it's good luck. But some other people are like, it has to be heads up for it to be good luck. And part of the thing where I say is like, I you know, regardless I'm not gonna get into the whole thing, but part of it is I'm like, I don't believe that I used to say, I don't believe that a penny is magic, but now I'm like, I don't want to say that specifically. I was like, I don't believe that a penny is any more magical than anything else. I love that. <laughs> Which is so, like I've done uh, ayahuasca ceremonies for the past few years and some people call it a sacred plant, a sacred plant meditation. And the guide who that I go to who prepares the plant and gives me the plant and does leads the ceremony and guides the ceremony the who provides the magical experience who like you know who curates the experience he himself will say he's like some people say it's sacred but anything can be sacred it's like it's not that this is sacred and other things aren't it's like what are we talking about the message of the penny thing is basically that like hey don't let a penny bum you out you know like uh if it's tails like that's fine if it makes you feel better that it's heads then great then that's a bonus for your life so it's not like there's uh yeah when if people are like science only then like that seems sad uh like yeah you you seem sad and it's fine you're allowed to be sad and also I, i there's plenty of people i know who care about science you know so much and like they dedicate their work to it and their life to it and they like but the most scientific people the most people who care about it the most of course know that they the whole thing science doesn't Science doesn't know anything. Like yeah. people can learn things through the process of science. People can make mistakes. People can, uh, you know, eventually get closer, hopefully, to a less wrong conception of this potentially this physical universe. Maybe whatever else, the electricity, the energy, all the things that exist or don't exist. Like science is a tool that can help you get there. Also, meditation is a tool that can yeah. provide you other insights. You know, sacred plants, not sacred plants, just human beings communicating, entering states, all these things. But the point, people who are scientists, like there are people, you know, Einstein was a scientist who also believed in, you know, not just the physical world. If if I, at least the cartoonish version that we've been, you know, the character of him that I've been led to believe exists uh, because he... He, like Confucius, like Socrates, like Micah, is like, I know there's plenty of stuff that I don't, there's more stuff that I don't know than I don't know, so, than I do know. Okay, keep saying things. Uh, there's more <laughs> stuff that I don't know than I do know. Uh. Yeah, I was going to say, you were rapping <laughs> yeah. for a second. A little, I, as was requested. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you said so many things I want to talk about. The, the one thing, and this happened last night, and I had an interesting, similar thought the process that you just went through, which is, so I went to go to sleep and there was a battery laying on my bed and I was like, how the hell did this battery get here? And I'm sure I somehow did it and forgot who knows though. Cause sometimes <laughs> I believe things can manifest, but, but I saw the battery and then uh, I was pro- like, probably somebody put it there, <laughs> but I you know, like a spirit definitely put it there, but like whatever, maybe, maybe associated with a physical form. <laughs> who, who can say maybe, you, you know, you weren't there. Maybe I did put it there. Maybe Jesus did. I'm not sure. But 50, 50, also, 50, 50, your physical form right now is made of completely different atoms in a different vibration than it was at the time. So if it was you, it was a different you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank Exactly. But I see the battery and I started to be like, because I do this a lot. I'm like, well, I wonder what the universe is trying to tell me right now. And who knows if that's even true. But what I love and what it made me think about is like, here's just this stimulus in my world. 
And now it's on me and my relationship between myself and this battery to kind of ride the transfers, whatever's coming up from seeing this battery. And like, I get to decide where I go from it and what I want to learn from it. And so many things came up from just seeing this battery. Can, uh, the yeah. funny one oh, was please. I ran out of uh, I, uh, my vibrator needed new ba- <laughs> new batteries. So a part of me almost felt guilty at first where I was like, oh my God, I left this battery out. What if Shane saw it and somehow energetically knew it's because I was masturbating. So like at first I almost felt guilt, like I'm a bad mom. And then I was like, no, 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 like ride that. And then I went into a real place where I was like, we're all batteries. We hold the positive and the negative. This is non-dual, you know, and I kind of just went to sleep thinking about non-duality and the battery kind of sparked, you know, what is good, what is bad. Um, and, but, but it was just so what interesting. Is goodery, what is battery? <laughs> there also a funny thing that you were, you were like, okay, don't know. I don't need to have any guilt about this masturbation thing. Just ride that, uh, is a thing you said as well. Uh, <laughs> Also, uh, this is a thing that I kind of want to remember for myself to talk about because some the idea of like, is the universe telling me something and your decision that, oh, like I can decide what it is. I can tell me something. And here's the thing. Do you know that you're part of the universe? So very true. Like, we are the universe. Yes. Yeah. So the point being like, yeah, I mean, when some people are like the, it's sort of like the science thing. Like, like I believe in science, like the universe doesn't, I like. Who has, who told you that the universe doesn't tell you things like, no, nobody told me. I just know. Well, then it, it came from like that idea. Your brain didn't always exist. So yeah. before there was a time when that thought and in your brain didn't exist. And now it does. So it came from somewhere. If you don't want to use the word tell, that's fine. Well, it's like we're all um, instruments, right? And we're all channeling whatever this is. You want to call it the universe. You want to call it God, yeah. whatever that thing is. But it's kind of what you're saying. And, and I, it's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah, we're the same person. Also, <laughs> I just read, some, which is also yeah. very true, but not true, but oh, yeah. yes, but no, well, the way good that, battery Two. thank you Two two things that I, about that one quick thing about that. And then this other two, two things, one, and then another, maybe the same thing. Uh, if you could do one, yeah, three, yeah. and then two, okay, I'd appreciate we'll, it. I probably will. I think this is three. One was before and two will be final. Um, are we writing a Dr. <laughs> Seuss book after this or what? <laughs> we're writing it right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, W-R-I-T-E now. Um, so the number- <laughs> Was that a callback for the writing of the- <laughs> It probably wasn't. Uh, but if you want it to be, it, if the universe tells I you I get that to it was, decide. Yes. Okay, sorry, you go. The universe, the meaniverse, uh, the kindiverse. Not, you are very good mean. with like puns and seeing- I don't need, I'm not using the right language, but the you're very good at- matrix Yeah, you are. Language, yes. I see that. It's great. It may trick some people, but I matrix it. Uh, so that's an example of it. So that's number three. We did number one. Here comes number two. Okay. And there's actually two number twos. So I haven't said any Perfect. of the things yet. One of the things is like the your, you know, your body is in one way, not my body. In, but there is a way in which we are all one because we are all one universe in the way like my body, like my finger is not my toe, but they are both me. You are not me, but we are both the yes. universe. That is the way that I conceive of us being all one in a way, all the same, you know, before the Big Bang or at the Big Bang or whatever it is. We're in you know one place, one time like that then spread out. And now we are all just, you know, like the uh, do you know sleep no more? Uh, Sleep No More is a, a theater experience. It's like Dance Mime. Mac- I have heard of this. Okay. Ma- Macbeth, I think. I believe it's Dance Mime Macbeth. It could be Hamlet. I forget. But I think it's, it doesn't matter. It's Dance Mime Shakespeare. It's like there's no talking and you just watch. It's in like a big hotel in New York. And so there's, you could stay in one room and see what happens there the whole time. You could go follow one of the characters into different rooms. You could do some combination. And they recommend when you come into it, if you come with a group, they're like, don't stay with your group. They're like, you follow one person. You go another place. You sit, be have to- as different an experience as you can. And then when you come back together, be like, what did you see? And yeah. I'm like, that's life. That was the big bang. We were all together. Then boom. And now we're all in different places. Then at the end, we'll be like, what'd you see? I'm like, mostly dancing. So <laughs> uh, the other thing that I might not get back to it. What were we talking about before? Do you know what your last thing was? Channeling that we're all yes, instruments. You did it. Oh God, you're so good. Uh, I just read some roomy poems. Have you read? Am I good or am I bad or am I both? (laughs) You are. But I was just thinking about this too, that, you know, of course, good and bad, positive and negative, you know, thing and opposite of thing. I was thinking about positivity. I'm like, I used to be like, I'm a positive person. I like positivity. Positive is better. Positive is, of course, it's good. It's better. That's the thing. But there's equal, every 
positive thing eventually goes away. Every negative thing also eventually goes away. Everything becomes equal. So there is like this, you know, chronological, spatial yin yang of the universe that I, uh, it just seems like it has to be. Yeah. Uh, like if, you know, if you're experiencing something negative, it will go away because I mean, worst case, like you just die and you were like negative die. And now the negative has gone or, po- you know, and there's ups and downs. But the idea of that whole thing, the combination of positive and negative, I'm like, that's a positive. I'm glad that it's both of those things. So positive wins in a way. That's the heads up penny. Uh, I like that because I was thinking about that last night where I was like, if you need both of these forces in a sense to propel this movement, I was like, how come I'm drawn to the quote unquote light or the positive, right? Yeah. And I still don't know the answer to that, but I found that interesting. Yeah, Yeah, tell me. Yeah, please. Well, first, (laughs) the thing about Rumi that is now even like incidental to everything else is that one of the poems was about how human we are like flutes and we are like the music of the universe is played through us. Um, And whether it's like sometimes literal music, which is why music is such a magical, powerful thing, maybe only to me because my parents, not only to me, but maybe for me particularly because my parents were music teachers. I started playing music and learning music when I was four. And so now it is like a language and a comfort and for some people maybe that's visual art and other people like that's the music that's playing through you and in the universe part that you are and uh the other thing that i was going to say is the there's a the book the prophet by khalil gibran has one of my favorite quotes ever which is uh the greater that sorrow carves into your being the more joy you can contain which is about you know Mm -hmm. these opposites as well so it's not to say like oh if i want joy i should injure myself or i should but life will damage you life will injure you life will hurt you and it doesn't always add up to then the joy that follows from it that can but it can like every every positive thing like the way that if you put your hand under cold water and you're like ooh, very cold then you put it under room temperature water you're like warm and so that you know like that warm feels like better but you couldn't have that warm feeling from that normal thing without that cold and so that is why i mean seeking light of course we want it's way better for it to be negative than positive you know uh pain than joy you know like oh then ah but sometimes it goes the other way and so when negative things happen uh, i hopefully like view them as potentially like you know things for growth or like to value all the times in the past like stub my toe be like oh i'm glad i wasn't stubbing my toe for the past 10 minutes, 15 years, whatever it was. uh, And like, hopefully create joy in that moment of pain in an ayahuasca ceremony once. uh, I would, which generally speaking, like I vow, like they almost always afterwards, at least like during them, they can be difficult. They can be painful physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, They can also be joyful. Like they they can have, it's like life. They can have all these aspects. And so I've had so many beautiful, like heavenly ones, but then also there are, you know, hellish death-like ones. uh, And they're not, you know, none of them are all good, all bad. It's like, like everything. Uh, But there was often the arc is like, it starts with anxiety of like, what's going to happen. And then eventually like launches me into this place in this dimension, this feeling, this, where it eventually is the, the calm, like if, if not heavenly, but the calm, this like earthly, like, ah, this, this place, like a meditative space where you're like, this is, this, this is this. And one time there was a time when I had two, did two in a weekend. The first one I was super nervous about just because of timing. I had to like be ready for something afterwards. And that was like not the ideal way to do it, but it all worked out perfect. I was like, oh God, it's gonna, and it it all worked out beautifully. I was like, ah, and everything worked. And then two days later I did another one where I was like, I have plenty of time. Everything's, this is, this is the way to do it. Oh God. And I went into it so calm and then got more and more anxious just because it gave me, it's sometimes it gives you these things that like what you need. You're like, ah, I got it figured out. Oh, I don't. Right. Okay. That's right. And so every moment in the experience where I was like, but I'm supposed to be, this is supposed, supposed to be. Supposed to is a dangerous like, and then concept. I was, and I, then whenever I would be like, oh, I'm not supposed to be feeling good. I'm not owed anything. I'm not entitled. And when I would have that thought, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm not guaranteed goodness. That's good. Yeah. And then you could actually ease in. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when I, I had the flu, I guess it was like three weeks ago and being that sick sucked, but it made me appreciate when I got healthy because okay. I forget to appreciate. We all do. It's human nature. And it's what you're saying is it's almost a way to measure things, these range of emotions, right? It's like if you were always only feeling joy, it wouldn't be joy anymore. You would be at one note and you'd almost probably get 
suicidal. And I would say uh, for me, another thing for me personally now is a way that, you know, obviously not, don't go seeking these negative things to yeah. value, but you can seek them in your memory. Like here's the thing. Uh, I was in a, I had a car uh, accident a couple months ago. Uh, actually, I mean, just last month. Uh, it was like the road was icy. Uh, I was driving in upstate New York. I went, I was going like, you know, not over the speed limit, but I was, I could have been more careful. And I like sort of spun and then went off the road just into an embankment. I was fine. Like Still I, scary. It was very, there was like a car nearby. I'm like, if that car was closer, I could have hit that car. Like I could have died. I definitely could have died. And so I'm like, be more, it's certainly, and I was like, not in a rush, but I was like, I had plans that day. I'm like, I'm driving and I want to go to the place to get. And of, of course, if you're like intellectually, it's better to arrive late and alive than arrive on time and dead. And like what ended up happening was some of my plans had to be canceled. I'm like, that's fine. It's it's worth the the money, the insurance trouble, the logistics, all the, the, the way that that week turned into a thing. And then the next several weeks where I didn't have my car, but they gave me a rental car for my insurance, which was yeah. fine. also like everything, you know, everything worked out because I, I mean, if I had died, then everything would keep working out without me. But I'm glad for right now, like to be alive. And I had a friend uh, tell me like when, once when she was driving with me, uh, even more recently. So like, I, I this is sort of about, uh, I was like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to admit all the truth, but now I'm like, oh, f- what am I? What, I'm an idiot. Uh, so like that was, uh, you know, a, mu- a month later, I'm in the car driving with a friend and I like, I'm like, okay, there's a, a, an intersection. I think it's, I'm like, I can see one direction very clearly. And there was like something blocking the other way. And I'm like edging out and, uh, and I, so I'm like, I think it's good to go. And then as we're going, like, oh man, there's a couple cars coming. Re- and, and my friend's like, oh my God. Uh, and so you know, we stopped and like the, everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately it would have been better in that situation to be like, just wait, you know, just, just wait until it's completely clear in the, and get to the place two minutes, five minutes later without scaring my friend with, cause she had also been in an accident, like in the past couple of years in a very similar, like she was driving and did the same thing that I did. And she's like, ah, like flashback to yeah. that. And so now And that was only a month after I was like, hey, relax, be careful, learn from this thing, don't die. And so now it took that second one where nothing happened, where, you know, not nothing, but where no accident occurred to like pound into my head or to imprint on me to be like, now, like when I was walking into my, I was walking to my car to come here today, I thought of that situation, that friend. And I'm like, because I was like, oh, it says it's got to take me like a certain amount of time to drive here. That'll get me there. I hope there's no trap. But I was like, if I'm a few minutes late, it's okay. Yes. If I miss the whole thing, it's okay. Everything can be okay. Like, and I can make it be okay in the way. So that it's sort of like a meditative thing. Like when I've, I've been meditating with uh, Headspace, the app that uh, it tells you, like it, uh, you do, I do a 20 minute thing in the morning. You can do a 10 minute one, a 15 minute one. And they have sometimes visualizations. And then they're, at the end of it, they're like, and now throughout the rest of the day, three, four, five times, whenever you want, like, think flash on this visualization, like just take 30 seconds to go through it real fast and then, and then do it as much as you want and sort of helps you then tap back into that place. And then the more you do it, the more natural you do it. So by taking, but deciding to do it is now a thing that's advancing. Like you can tap back. And so for me, I'm like meditatively now, whenever I walk to my car, I'm like, think about that thing and drive mindfully, drive carefully, drive safely in a way that I don't think I was driving recklessly most of my life. I think that, but now similar, like, so I wasn't like bad. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, may, maybe I was more, I mean, certainly was more reckless than I was now, clearly. But I'm like, now that I have these thoughts, I'm like, this is valuable. Like, keep yourself thinking about this as often as you can so that anytime, like, you know, when you're sick and now, anytime you're healthy, like, uh, remember the moment yeah. that you realize that I'm healthy and value not being sick. Like you can't every, every day at a moment, you can do that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's taking those things and trying to put them in your consciousness, not as a way to obsess about it, but to appreciate and be grateful for the moment. And because you learn from it and I've had uh, two similar accidents where both have done a similar thing where I'm like, it's not worth it to speed. It's not worth it. Like if it's snowing, cancel your show. Yeah. Um, Cause I got into a similar accident <clears throat> from snow where my car slid. It was a nightmare. And after that, I'm like, it's not 
worth it. Like I will put on my hazards now. I'll drive like 30 and a oh, 60 yeah. before I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to look like a nerd to everyone. I'm like, get there alive. It's smart to be a nerd. It is smart to be a nerd. And then literally um, that's kind of what nerds smart are to, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other thing that I want to say from before when we were talking about channeling, please, um, is what I'm realizing. And I've been watching the Iron Fist on Netflix. I don't know. I have not yet, but I will. You will love it. And um, I mean, there are some parts that I wasn't cool with. Like there were some little uh, kinks in the storyline that just annoyed me. If I may briefly interrupt uh, as a conversation sometimes goes, <laughs> I've read, I'm a, you know, I've read a lot of comic books. There is one series of Iron Fist comics that are beautiful and like reading a movie by Ed Brubaker uh, that came out probably, you know, in the past five years. And uh, I don't know if I still have them, but I'll send you a link. They, Thank you. Iron Fist by Ed Brubaker is like one of my favorite comic stories. Like, And Iron Fist is a character that, when I was growing up seemed like stupid and I didn't care about it. And I'm like, what's his power? His fist glows and he fights like what he just one fist. Like everybody else can punch people with all their body with their, they could, you could punch him with your feet. I don't know what, what kicking is. And, uh, so like he was, just, but that's the thing is I, that was a journey that I came along eventually getting to the back. Like, Oh, it's not even the, ca- the character doesn't matter. Like it's who's writing it and what's in the, like the story, the character is just like the, the teacup, you know, and yeah. the, the writer fills, uh, the emptiness of possibility with like this, you know, beautiful stuff. So anyway, please well, tell me about the show. What's so beautiful about his character, which is kind of what we're talking about, is there are all these people telling him how to use his power. And what I love about this character, at least the way they did it on Netflix, is that he's figuring out how to channel these powers from quote unquote above while yeah. also being himself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they're really, it's this balance between the impersonal and the personal. And what I love about it is that the point they're trying to make, one of the points is that being yourself, truly yourself, even including the parts that we think are quote unquote evil or bad is actually divine. And that's why he was the Iron Fist. Because all these people are like, how come you're the Iron Fist? You're kind of like, like you know what I mean, you? <laughs> and, and I can already see it's because he's listening to his heart. But by listening to his heart, he's still kind of goofy. I don't want to like give yeah. too much away, but he he's oh, not man, typical. He's goofy, son of a... But you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're like, what? Like yeah. you're not the Iron Fist because you're this. And the whole point is he is the Iron Fist because he is being himself, even though we have all these concepts of what it means to be enlightened or to be, or to have superpowers. And it's like, that's why I've been writing these raps that are so fucking dirty and gross. And I know some people are gonna be like, wait, she's a healer and she's talking, she's rapping about her pussy having teeth. Like what, you know, like that's how does, how do they go together? I'm like, no, that's the point is that I'm embracing who I am, including my aggression and my rage, but I'm trying to have positive <laughs> outlets for that. Let me, if I, if I may, here's a character of a person who's critical of you. Uh, a true healer would hide parts of herself <laughs> from all of us. Obviously, you don't acknowledge things and share them. You push them deep down until they're gone because that's how suppression works. Really, until they cause cancer (laughs) is really how that works. A true healer would just (laughs) die. Exactly. Uh, Like Jesus, the truest healer. (laughs) Look, I got out to I was like, oh, Jesus, my man. Uh, Um, Can I, I, are you, is there more to this? One more thing I was going to say. Wait, what was I going to, fuck, what was I going to say? You got it. Do I? He is the divine. You're, so that's why you're writing these raps because you are. Uh, oh yeah, I know what I was gonna say. Meditation. The iron fist of rap. Yeah. Well, you kind of brought. I am the iron fist of rap. I'm gonna have a line about fisting in the, the fist. Iron fisting. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um. I mean, it wrote itself, really. But uh, we're all one. We're all one. We're all one writer. Um. <laughs> but yeah, with meditation, a lot of these sp- spiritual people they think meditation and just overall spiritual practice is about getting rid of these parts and they're not calling it suppression. They're almost like, no, no, no. You know, when that stuff comes up, you just let it go, let it go. And it's like, and my school teaches this. So I don't want to take credit for this, but it's all about including it, giving it a place, locating it in your body is the way to move through. I have three things that are one thing. One, uh, that a thing, Zach Sherwin, who I mentioned before, and I uh, are very good friends and we talk all the time and we 
uh, we've gone to ayahuasca things together. And we, so we have a lot of like common, like vernacular and like, you know, fun truths and jokes and things that we share. And one of them is like, we don't, we like to focus as much on the positive as possible, but when a negative thing happens, don't ignore it. And in fact, like name it and give it power, like, like name it to take away its power, be like, name it. And like, Oh, and now you can let it go. Like, and we call that Rumpelstiltskinning, uh, because you're like, uh, when you name the thing, like it's not as scary. It's not, you're not avoiding it. And you're like, okay, that is what's real. And now I can address things and not, not hold on to it, but just let it, then, then you can let it go. Acknowledging it. Acknowledge it. Be like, note that's happening. And now it can go, uh, because it's not as powerful and big and scary as it was. Zach has a a kind of wordplay that he has uh, identified, created, or discovered that he calls dino soaps. Dino soaps are, Essentially, uh, he used to have a soap when he was growing up that would like when it got down to the middle, there was a toy that was a dinosaur. And so the wordplay is like taking two words and then getting rid of the outside and finding out what's in the middle. Uh, For example, let's see, does your name have one? It kind of does. Like yours is ew. Uh, (laughs) So and right, you're gross. You write these gross raps. So ew, Kate will ew ew. Uh, And it could be like that's funny when I get when I do get like too high, which isn't too often, but when I do, I say ew or gross a lot, which is interesting. That's fun. I'll tell Zach. It'll be nice. Yeah, let him know. Uh, but uh, and it can be, obviously, if it's a longer word, that's fine, too. Uh, like, I just started talking with a, a girl who's, like, very honest, but her last name starts with R, and her na- first name is Julia, and so hers is Liar. And so here's the thing that I was thinking earlier, a thing that I said, like, about writing and how we're all one. Like, right now, W-R-I-T-E, now, has one backwards that's one. So in the middle of right now is one, backwards. And I, the reason that I wanted to think about all, that I didn't want to think about all this, but it's it's all happening because I wanted to say one more thing about channeling and Eminem in the way that the thing that I perceive about him doing his art in a way that's so admirable. And like, if you know, because some things are coming like from above, like there are he's not making up these words, but yeah. he is using himself to sometimes change them and draw like magnetically draw them to the story that he's telling. He's like, here's the story I'm going to tell. And now let me make draw these words that exist, taking the universe and then making it his story, this line through the universe, this beautiful thing of meaning, of form and function, of like, of meaning and sound that completely, and I was, I I just saw, I guess this isn't important, but the thing that I want to do in my comedy is like, in the beginning, I was just like, is, is this funny? This is what I think is funny. And like some, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And then I would follow the things that were funny and be like, oh, this worked. And then, okay, so this and this and this. And eventually like my first album was full of like the stuff that everybody agreed, the audience and me was funny. And now the goal is to, for me, obviously I still write things similarly. I come up with ideas similarly. I try them in front of audiences, but there are things that I care about more. I'm not just going to be like, whatever works, works. And sometimes it'll be socially relevant. Sometimes it'll be personal. Sometimes it'll be silly. Sometimes it'll be wordplay. I mean, and it will be all of those things, but now I can also decide to draw, like, I can be like, I'm going to talk about this meaningful thing. And like, ideally like Eminem draw the funniness to it like yeah. instead of just like oh like just follow wherever the funny goes which is also fine and fun to do like in a freestyle freestyle rap is the same thing like it ideally it rhymes and is meaningful sometimes when I'm freestyle rapping I'll like rhyme a thing it doesn't make sense the next thing has to be spent making it meaningful being like why did I say that here's why and then that didn't rhyme so like oh now the next thing has to rhyme because and it's sort of sometimes I just go on this sort of like you know rhyme reason rhyme reason rhyme reason like and ideally every once in a while you come I mean ideally every time you're doing ones like Eminem where it's rhyming and meaning at the same time and I'm like that's why I, I, I like to think about I like to think of myself as the Eminem of comedy I don't run I mean, but uh, um, you know just when I'm talking to people I really hope also, I start yeah. seeing on flyers the Eminem yeah. of comedy the, you know? iron, the iron fist of meditation or whatever what, what, <laughs> what was the iron fist of oh you're the iron fist of rap, of and, rap. I, and I'm the Eminem of comedy there you go team up amazing oh wait, and I wanted I don't let me see much I have I have the one who times myself I had an email I wanted oh, to yeah. answer together please because um, it's a very if existential we okay we don't have too much time but we can do this alright so hi Kate I was raised Christian, which I don't identify with anymore. I've been trying hard to believe that we don't simply stop existing after we die because I'm absolutely terrified and can't stop thinking about it. What convinced you that we don't stop existing after death? 
big topic for like a 10 minute. Oh, oh I can, I can get it real quick. Uh, I mean, I definitely identify with a time in my life when I also was terrified by the idea of not existing uh, because this body will not exist. Whatever you believe, like you, mm-hmm. I think you must, most people will accept that whatever body you have right now, that body will stop existing. The brain within it will, will, and by stop existing, obviously here's a thing that could help. And one part that's helped me is matter and energy, according to science, cannot be created nor destroyed. So everything that does make up your body, while it won't be called your body, will definitely still exist. Perhaps your consciousness will not exist as your consciousness, but it will, like, if your consciousness is a thing, it is made of some combination of matter, energy, something. What, even if you don't know, whatever everything is in the physical world or wherever, like, it cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be reformed into other things. So your body will disappear. The same way, you know, your finger could be chopped off and it could be painful and your finger doesn't exist anymore, but then it becomes something. It is elsewhere in the world. And th- that's not even, if that helps you, then great. But this is even the more calming thing to me is when I'm like, Imagining the unknown future, like you don't know what's going to happen during your life, but you even more don't know what's going to happen after your life. And that's what especially can be, I understand, terrifying. You're like, infinity is impossible for this human mind to really comprehend in this finite moment. And you're like, what? And especially the idea of not existing. You've, uh, here's what I felt. I'm like, I've never not existed. I, so what not existing is the ultimate unknown. But then this is the calming thing for me. I'm like, Oh, I did not exist. I mostly not existed. Like I'll talk about this on stage in this very idea and there'll be jokes and it'll be great. Come see me. But uh, the, like for before you were alive, before your body existed, before you were born, before you were conceived, you didn't exist. And that wasn't a moment, a, a period of terror. You, do you remember being terrified for infinity until your body came into existence? I don't think most people do. I don't. I assume you don't no. like mo- find anyone if you. So the only reason to be terrified of death, of not existing, I mean, maybe dying will be painful. Maybe being al- being alive can be painful. Like there are things pain exists uh, and maybe it can be an illusion and maybe eventually who knows? Like I don't I definitely don't have the answers to what is, but I certainly know what seems to be not, which is you like a, a limitless suffering limit like that's everything comes and everything goes that's the thing uh the ayahuasca guide that i go to says sometimes like for the experience is like the effects will come and the effects will go and that's true of like of any emotion an an emotion will come and an emotion will go like every whatever you're feeling right now you weren't feeling a year ago you weren't feeling 10 minutes ago probably i don't know what the like life cycle of an emotion is an experience life will come life will go but you are part of everything and everything thus far i mean maybe everything will also go but by that point like your your brain the brain that's scared right now will not exist to be scared in the future so if that helps you to conceive of yourself as you will be not scared so that is a thing that makes me not scared now to know that I won't be scared later. Like the idea, like the only thing to fear is fear itself. So if you don't fear, then there's nothing to fear and you are fearing. And that's also okay because just like the horseshoe that works, even if you don't believe that it works, you will be fine. Even if you think you're not going to be fine. So you can be, ter- you can be terrified your whole life and then be fine. Or you can work to be like, well, whatever's going to happen. Like, the death of your body will happen. So even, even, and this is maybe you can cover like why you believe uh, whatever you believe about what happens after the body dies. But I'm saying even if the body dies and stops and your consciousness is off, if you're like, here I am, there I go. Like with, that's fine. That's fine. There's an Oscar Wilde quote that I'll, I'll leave you with this and then (laughs) turn it over uh, that I like. It's something like uh, everything's fine in the end. If it's not fine, it's not the end. That's beautiful. I love that. I've heard that one yeah. before. Yeah. So, you know, I have a couple things to say. And one is, you know, raising a 10 year old boy who's pretty much starting around four or five worried about this stuff. I think it's definitely human nature in general to worry because, and I do believe we keep going on and on. And even with that, we have an ego that fights to identify as I am Kate Wolf, I am Mike Kaplan. So no matter what, It's a healthy, completely normal thing to be like, we get attached. We do get attached. And it's not about learning to 
detach. It's learning almost the balance between attachment and detachment. And um, oh, let me just go on my please, little please, thing. Please, and then, please, please, please. So, so that's the first thing is just that that's part of the reason why we're here is to dance in between these two worlds of heaven and earth in that sense. And, and for me, earth is the personal, it's who we are and who we identify with. And then the heaven is like this thing. We're always channeling the unseen world. Um, that's always still here. So that's the first thing. And then the second is, you know, as I got spiritual, cause I used to be atheist years ago. Um, one of the things that really helped me with life after death and my beliefs in it is I've seen a couple documentaries and I've read a bunch of stories of people who had um, experiences where they actually died, like their heart rate stopped, all of that stuff, and then came back. They were resuscitated. Mm-hmm. And most of these people had very similar experiences um, where they were met, you know, yes, they were drawn to the light, but then not only were they met by people on the quote unquote other side, but there was one woman in this documentary who literally was outside of her body and was watching her mom frantically search for a doctor in the hotel she was in mm-hmm. um, and and had all these details that she told her mother when she came to that there was no way she could have known. Like her mom went to other floors in the hotel. And so there have been crazy experiences documented by people who had experiences while not in their body. And then the last thing is because I've done so much reading about the spiritual and once again, you don't have to believe this because this is just something that I feel in my body. Like it resonates when I read it um, is I've, I've read, and this is what resonates is that when you die, it's almost like you're waking up. Like when you wake up from a dream, it's like a bigger waking up where you're not, I'm not necessarily Kate Wolf anymore, but I'm also not whatever I am at the same time. It's like, cause I do believe you live many lives and it's almost like you're in a video, like we're almost in a video game you're playing. And then when this character dies, it's, it's like the ultimate virtual reality right now. And that's kind of what I believe is when we die, you almost wake up into your bigger self, but I can't give you more than that because I don't know, but that's what I feel so far. Do you read or listen to Ram Dass? I love Ram Dass. Of course, yes. like, I mean, that's the thing that he said specifically. He's like, you know, when you really think that you're awake and then you wake up and it was a dream. He's like, man, wait till you wake up from this one. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I never yeah. heard him say that. I forget. I, I, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. it's hard for me to remember where I But that's exactly we, how I feel. We are all one. Uh, yes. So it doesn't matter who said it because it was also you. Uh, oh, can I say two last quick things? That yes. You yeah. And then of? we'll wrap up. Uh, just one is I think I, I like naming things. So I, I'd like if you want to, you can name something. Who's afraid of Kate Wolf or <laughs> who's afraid? Not Kate Wolf. Uh, but uh, the other thing is I liked thinking about the like heavenly realm and in, in ayahuasca and in Peruvian lore, there's like the room, the realm of the dead, this realm and that the earthly realm and then the, and then the heavenly realm. And I like focusing only on like, you know, obviously hellish things happen. Dead death is a thing, but you know, in this world, like, like the penny, like the penny, you know, the earthly realm is the penny. And then the heads up, like extra luck, good feeling bonus, like that's the heavenly stuff. And you can, and those can also like negative and positive, you know, are part of, you know, of earth of, or of the world of life, of your experience of those things. And I'll give you one, one final tip for how I used to feel good about not knowing whether we would, whether our consciousness would go on or not is you won't know uh, maybe ever, and you won't know definitely till then. So for now, because you don't have, uh, unless, you know, if, if these things have resonated with you, if you're like, oh, maybe the people did go, you know, out of their body and see the stuff, then if that helps you, then great. But otherwise, there's no way to know while you're alive. And so you get to think whatever you want. And so why not just think the one that makes you feel better? And also what, what you were saying. As long as you don't hurt people. Of course, yeah, yeah right? Hey, but it doesn't matter. Life's fine. Just kill, murder, <laughs> torture, harm. I always yeah. joke about that where I'm like, just be who you are. I'm like, but that doesn't mean go eat your first victim. Um, but but what, what, what you were saying just made me feel like you were about to say Ram Dass's Be Here Now. Oh, yeah. Because that book is amazing. We don't know, like you were just saying, what's really going to happen until it happens. But yeah. you do have this moment right here. That's all it is. And because I do believe we keep going anyway, but I'll, I won't even know till I die. Yeah. I say, okay, well, as long as I'm present <laughs> yeah. throughout all of it, you know, not including when I dream, but even then I'm sometimes present. But yeah. if you're just present in each moment, even through your death, even through your passing, I think you'll always be 
awake. Can I tell you real quick song lyrics of my friend Micah, who I mentioned, and myself? Uh, I think I wrote these lyrics, and then we put them to music, and they're on a mixtape that we made. That's for free on Bandcamp called the Micah Mike Mega Mixtape. Um, it's uh, death mean. Oh, sorry. Pain means you're alive. Death means you're not in pain. So the only thing to fear is hell. But hell's not real. So you're all set. And now we can just start murdering. <laughs> I love how beautifully that ended. Now we can just start murdering. Oh yeah, it's beautiful music as well. Yeah, I was really, I was about to be like, that is the most beautiful thing. And then you're like, and then we all start murdering. And I was like, okay. I'm an artist. Okay. You are an artist though. (laughs) Thank you, Kate. Uh, Well, thanks for coming on. Where can people find you? Uh, So my name, Mike Kaplan, is spelled weird because I was weird and still am. Uh, As a kid, I made it up uh, to spell it M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N. If you go to that anywhere online, like .com, Twitter, Instagram, uh, iTunes has my albums. My newest one is called No Kidding, about how I don't want kids. (laughs) And I have a special on Netflix and a podcast of my own called Hang Out With Me that Kate either has been on or will be on or always is on. Uh, And it's on the Keith and the Girl Network at keithandthegirl.com slash hang. But yeah, if you put my name into uh, anywhere, you'll find me. Thank you. Yeah, and seriously, thanks for coming on. Oh. I, I This is probably the longest we've actually ever talked, for, and I, but I, I already knew just oh, from yeah. your energy and your posts that we were really in that same wave of our beliefs. Oh, no, I'm a science guy. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden you're just like, fuck I, you, bitch. I believe in science. Physical only. Okay, so what do I... Okay, well, first of all, you guys, <laughs> this is coming out after my huge dance party. Oh, how was it? Well, it's... Con- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I fucking... It's going to be phenomenal, uh, okay? But anyway, yes. I just wanted to tell you about it because you like hip-hop music oh, sure, and that's going to be Wednesday. But anyway, yes. um, it will be monthly, so I'll let you guys know the date of that soon. My next healing event, I believe... I haven't set it in stone, but I'm like... Almost 100% sure. It's going to be May 3rd, Wednesday, May 3rd. I will be promoting that soon. It's not set in the earthly realm, but it is set in the <laughs> heavenly realm. I believe I'm starting to channel that date. <laughs> so um, I wanted to pull my fucking calendar just to make sure I'm getting that right. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be May 3rd. The heavens, I think, want that. Um, and then Dragon Sorcery is at New York Comedy Club. That's April 19th. Promo code DRAGON. Um, so come to that. You get tickets at NewYorkComedyClub.com. And I'm trying to think what else. Okay, Twitter, Instagram, at the Kate Wolf. If you want a tarot card reading, kwolf27 at gmail.com. I record at Pinch Recording Studios, and they're fucking dope. So if you need anything recorded, go to pinchrecording.com. And I think I covered all the... I hate this part. I, <laughs> I do. I'm so bad at, like, promoting and business and all that stuff, but I'm trying to get better. Anyway, that's all. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 